0: The following is a Pro Football Network podcast. The primary voice for Pro Football at ProFootballNetwork.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy.
1: Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
0: what is up everyone welcome back to the pfm Premier nfl draft podcast i'm ian cummings with my trusty co-host ali Hodgkinson. we are ramping up 2023 studies already now obviously it's just early may so you know not a huge rush right now but at the same time time is finite it's a finite resource ali as much as we like to think it's not it is so we're trying to make the most of it right now getting into the early class the 2023 nfl draft class the 2022 NFL draft in the rearview mirror so again if you want to check out our grades for each team scouting reports for players in that class it's all at PFN but right now Ali we are turning gears we are switching turning the page to 2023 and having a lot of fun doing it but before we get into football obviously how are you doing Ali how, how's how's life right now how are things how are, how, how is a day in, in the in the shoes of Ali I, I don't know where I was going with that but how are you doing Ali I
1: loved it. It was it. you went from a, a extremely professional segue into promoting the two thousand and twenty uh, two, two thousand and twenty two NFL draft content over Pro Football Network to a. Uh, uh, an almost rambling, unseamless transition into uh, a personal introduction. I absolutely love it. You
0: that, know, that's that's how it always goes with me, because I, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, wow, you're on a roll. It's going to end at some point. <laughs> you're on a roll. And it did end at some point. It collapsed. But no, I mean, yeah, this, I, I'm going to stop talking now before it gets even worse. But how are you doing, Ali? How are you doing? Doing really good, man. Thursday,
1: May 12th, uh, when we're recording this, it'll be Friday the 13th, Spookily, unluckily, luckily. How do you, you feel about Friday the 13th? When this podcast goes out, sunny day here in the UK. Looking forward to, we've watched some wide receivers this week. Looking forward to watching uh, a little bit more of the 2023 NFL draft prospects um, later on today. Done some college stuff this week, which got me fired up for the 23, uh, 2022 college football season. So,
0: yeah, we're all good, man. I hope you are too. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. My buddy Jacob, his birthday is actually on Friday the 13th. So happy birthday, Jacob. Heads up, you know, coming up here. But yeah, it's it's a fun time. man. And I I know we just drafted our first scouting reports. That's how we do it here is, you know, we kind of just, you know, Cam gives us a list of guys and we just draft them. Like, who do you want? All right. And it was a snake draft. So Ali got the first pick. He stole Keyshawn Boutte from me. All right. But I got him back. I got Will Anderson. I got some other guys, too. I got Jalen Carter, Brian Brisey. So, hey, I, I got him back. I rebounded. But we've got you know a lot more scouting reports to come and i'm very excited to dive into this class But we were thinking you know what are we going to talk about today and i think it's a good opportunity because you know we've touched on 2023 here and there so far but we haven't devoted an entire 30-minute podcast two and 30 minute is a, is a loose term because we always go at least two two or three minutes over at least it seems but uh, we haven't devoted an, an entire podcast to the 2023 class just yet so I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to kind of just a brief a general overview you know position groups that we're looking forward to watching uh, position groups that are our favorite at this point guys that we're looking forward to kind of grading and kind of going in depth on this cycle uh, there's so much ground to cover and that's what makes it that, that's what I love about this Ali is that every time you turn the page it's like a clean slate it's like a whole new year you know there's so much ground to cover every time you do that uh you're never going to have the full picture right away and that makes it all the more rewarding when you get to the next april and you have such a good understanding a good handle of that class so we're getting started early but i mean just a just a pivot to 2023 you know, Ali, I'm looking at this class on the surface and, you know, with every class, you can say it's interesting. It's fun. But this class in particular uh, is is really intriguing me, really piquing my interest early on, because I think you've got a stronger quarterback group. And obviously, outside of the top two, it really seems like there's there's still work to be done. But I think a lot more potential is here uh, to have a deeper, a stronger quarterback class at the top. And that, of course, is going to inflate interest in the class overall. Uh, from casual and hardcore fans alike, but then going across the board to the running back group, strong, versatile, wide receiver group, another deep wide receiver group, we've been saying for for ages that the receiving t- talent is very saturated coming into the NFL right now. I mean, it's a golden age, and that's continuing this year. Tight end, looking pretty good. Offensive line, a lot of nice players. Defensive line, I mean, interior defensive line and edge still, I think, going to be very strong this year. And then linebacker corner safety, I mean, you round it out. I think there's a lot of talent overall in this class. But Ali, looking ahead, you know, kind of honing in on certain position groups, what position groups really stand out to you? What's kind of your favorite early on here? I think it's, um,
1: you you mentioned it then, coming off the back of a disappointing 2022 NFL draft quarterback class, um, and it didn't play out any shape formal fashion of how we thought it would even though you know as 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 analysts as scouts within a you know draft twitter scouting community and everything although a lot of people had like third fourth fifth round grades on these the, even the top quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft class there was always this feeling that that at least three guys four guys would go day one early day two just because of, of the, the the supply and demand issue in the NFL um, that exists within the NFL. You know, we've seen a, a lot of guys retiring. And this 2023 quarterback class really makes up, I, I think, at this moment in time, I think makes up for the disappointing class in 2022. And you mentioned there the two standout quarterback prospects, if you like, early in the running, and CJ Stroud out of Ohio State and Bryce Young out of Alabama. And, and that those two alone are an intriguing and intre- an interesting um, comparison. They're going to be an interesting um, storyline to follow through the 2022 college football season as this 23-class um, builds itself. Because you look at how their careers last year were, were almost polar opposite. Bryce Young fired out of the, the starting blocks um as a as a as a top level quarterback, the 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 nailed on starter for Alabama, productive, poised, um, leading that Alabama offense, and CJ Stroud had these struggles early on. You know he the, he was benched for a game, and now it, you know it, there were injury um, underlying injury issues that were were a part of that. But the play there as well early early in his days for CJ Stroud really um, led a lot of Ohio State fans to to call for his benching. And then you watched as he progressed through the season. And I think actually coming into 2022 college football season, I think CJ Stroud actually holds the upper hand in terms of those two quarterbacks in this, in this class, in terms of when you look at um, what the NFL um, historically has looked at the quarterback position, CJ Stroud is a bigger quarterback than Bryce Young um, hits hits those requisite size that the the, the NFL looks at at the quarterback position, whereas Bryce Young doesn't. I think Bryce Young's extremely poised. I think C.J. Stroud has a better arm when you look at it at this moment in time in terms of pure arm strength. So I think those two, although for a lot of people, nailed on as the two best quarterbacks in this class, I think there's a lot of... Um, divisive opinions about the, the, those two just within that battle between them, and I think that's going to be super fascinating. And then you look at the, the guys that are being talked about in this this class already, as terms of first round prospects. I, I believe this is hundred percent your fault, but the Will Levis hype train is already in full swing. That is probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, and, and all credit, all credit to you. Like you were on Will Levis like last year. Is look, this guy is good at football now. I don't believe you've ever said Will Levis is the QB one of his class. This is this is a, obviously a, a joke when when we say this. But you you know you look high on Will Levis early on, and and I you know I agree in that I think Penn State let the wrong quarterback go, and they like Will Levis walk out the door, and they kept hold of Sean Clifford. And um, that's by the by. Um, but you look at guys like Will Levis. You look at Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, who. You know, put together a a real strong run last season as his first season under under center for Miami, and he's you know a name that's up there in consideration. Phil Djokovic, out Boston College, he he could have been one of the best quarterbacks in the twenty twenty two class had it not been for injury. He opted to go back to Boston College. I, I worry for Phil Djokovic when you look at Boston College offensive line. This year has lost so many starters. And from a college football perspective, when you look at returning um, players, returning teams, one of the first things that you look at is returning offensive linemen. And Boston College lost a whole ton. So that's going to be tough to overcome for Phil Djokovic. But he has got my guy, Zay Flowers, so who knows? And then you, you look transfer guys like Cameron Ward, Washington State, a guy with an absolute bazooka for an arm.
0: Yeah, he can throw from different arm angles too, which is what I love. I've been really, I've been really interested in him early on.
1: I think he's going to be um, if you if you're looking for a guy to make that um, Joe Burrow Zach Wilson kind of leap. It's a different kind of leap because obviously he's coming from the FCS level up to the D one FBS level, um, so it's not quite the same sort of leap. But I think in terms of of draft stock. I think Cameron Ward is a guy who you can see make that linear progression from being a an under the radar guy to one of the top guys in this class potentially. Um and there's a whole host of guys. We could we could spend this entire episode talking about quarterbacks and naming quarterbacks and and why they can be competitive in this um in this 2023 NFL draft class. And I think that's that's super exciting. You mentioned in the introduction there that this this that we're coming off a class that didn't have a lot of national interest. And it was kind of solely squared down at the, there's no good quarterbacks, no one cares. And I think this 2023 class, at least going in, there's that level of excitement, that level of hype, because we could have a lot of very good quarterbacks in this class.
0: Yeah. And I think a good point to make here is that a lot of these guys were were players that, as you mentioned with Djurkovic, could have stayed in 2022 and maybe getting picked in the middle rounds, right? But they ended up coming back and it really detracted from the depth of the 2022 class, you know, outside of that top group of Kenny Pickett, you know, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, um, Howell, Strong, Corral there wasn't really much for that class that it had to offer. But that, you know, that detraction from the 2022 NFL draft class in turn strengthened the depth of the 2023 class. And I think that extra COVID year, we're probably going to see that for a few more years at least, you know, until the last freshmen who were impacted by that COVID year, uh, that extra year of eligibility are moving on to the NFL because, you know, having that extra year, allowed a lot of guys to come back and, you know, kind of take an extra year to develop their talents. You look at Jerkovic, you look at Levis can can be a candidate. He's probably he's going to turn 24 before his rookie season. So he's a little bit older, even though he still has a ways to go in terms of, you know, development. And then Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is another one, too. So, you know, a lot of guys that were initially projected to contribute to the depth of the 2022 quarterback class, moved up moved forward and took another year in college and so that's really going to add an interesting element to this class and i agree with you i mean it's it's such an interesting class to watch looking at stroud young i have stroud preliminarily i have stroud over young i i think that he's the better prospect by a little bit i look at you know how he progressed over that year you you mentioned it you know early on in the in the 2022 or 2021 season They were calling for him to be benched. You know, he was pretty inconsistent, especially with the accuracy, the mechanics. But he developed so much over the course of that season to the end of the season where he was dicing up defenses. Uh, As a Michigan State fan, I I woefully remember his performance against the Spartans. It was not pretty for my defense. Uh, He he torched the Spartans, but, you know, he did it with, you know, he's so cool, calm and collected. You know, he's he's got great size. But again, that's that's kind of an an ancillary factor. You look at, you know, beyond that, all the operational traits that you need for a quarterback, you know, to be successful pocket navigation, you know, poised to stand in and step up as you throw eye manipulation, manipulating safeties, opening up windows. So, so natural at that. And then he's got great arm tailing as well, can fit it through, can layer it uh, between coverages, can can throw velocity. He's accurate. You know, with C.J. Stroud, and he's pretty mobile too. He doesn't rely on that athleticism, but he can move, and he can, you know, carry. He can carry the ball and and gain yards on the ground. So I think that with Stroud, he really checks all the boxes. Very excited to see because I think he could be you know we had a year off from the number one overall player being a quarterback that could probably change in 2023 with CJ Stroud but i think Bryce Young is also in that conversation i don't think i don't think the arm is quite as strong as stroud but again he's very mobile i think he's a very tough poised player uh, one thing that i've that stood out to me and again i still got to chart these guys i still got to watch them in depth uh, for the 2023 cycle but one thing that really stood out to me with Bryce Young is um, when he has to go off script, very good at keeping his eyes up and having that full field vision, knowing, having that awareness of what's around him. You know, I remember one play where, you know, he was rolling out to the right, got forced out by pressure, starts to head forward a little bit and draws the linebackers into him. And then right as he does that, he knows he's drawing open a guy in the flats to his right. And he immediately rotates around, dishes it to that guy to gets a walk in touchdown because Bryce Young used his running ability to draw defenders to him opening up a receiver. So having that awareness uh, to me on top of the physical talent that he does have is very, very appealing. And yeah, going down the list, man, I mean, it's it's not just t- uh, top end heavy, uh, but it looks like a very deep quarterback class as well. You look at Jer- Jerkovic, uh, Will Levis. We haven't even mentioned Spencer Rattler yet, who I think has an opportunity to you know take a leap and rebound in South Carolina with Shane Beamer, has some weapons there too. Uh, dylan gabriel at oklahoma i i don't think he's gonna be an early round guy but maybe a guy who fills out the day three range uh, he's got decent arm talent and and athleticism for his frame cameron ward again very excited to see him and i know he just got uh, robert Farrell, uh in incarnate word transfer heading to washington state to join him so some some early chemistry there between him and his receiver uh going down the list man devin leary from nc state could be a good one we mentioned hooker uh, we got Sam Hartman coming back from way Forest. Again, not an early round guy. Doesn't have the tools for that, but a day three guy to fill out that depth. As you saw this year, there were very few quarterbacks that went day three, just, just simply because I don't think teams really valued them that much. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see. And then you got guys at the very bottom uh, who have the developmental potential. Anthony Richardson is one that I'm very interested to see because if he does take the leap that he can, he could be a first round quarterback too. He's got the tools for sure. I think it's way too early at this point to talk about him in that light. But the talent is definitely there, you know, and then going down the board, the depth of this class, Grayson McCall, probably not, probably doesn't have the arm talent again, but, you know, again, could be a, a solid backup for you. Clayton Toon, Houston, uh, Michael Pratt, Tulane, Sean Clifford, Penn State, and, you know, these, these are all guys that are not going to compete for early round billing, but you can already tell that, they'll probably get an opportunity in the NFL at some point, whether it's as a late round pick, a UDFA, you know, and that's something that this class didn't even have is that depth at quarterback, you know, not just the top end talent, but the depth Bo Nix at Oregon, another one to watch, has the physical talent for sure. Inconsistency really plagued him at Auburn. So I'm hoping with Kenny Dalingham at Oregon, he can kind of unlock that next level because he does have the talent to be a very good quarterback. It's just a matter of the mental side of things. The poise, very inconsistent for him. But again, the talent is there. And I think that this quarterback class both in terms of top-end talent and depth is a major step up from, from last year. And that alone is something to be excited about. Get
1: ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Yeah, definitely. There's um, the off the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to, don't want to turn this into a, an offensive focused um, half an hour, but when you look at the offensive side of the ball, like the running back class is incredible. Like just looking at the list of the list of running backs that are twenty twenty three draft eligible. You know, Bijan Robinson is obviously the the name that stands out and incre- incredibly, dominant. Um, Figure in the the running game and as a passer as well. You, you look down there as not as a passer as a pass <laughs> as a receiving back. There we go. I don't think B. John Robinson is very good as a passer. I don't. He might I mean, be. Hey, I don't know. We PS, might try PS, Maybe he can. Yeah. you Look at Pierre Strong for uh, in the last class. You know that kid went six
0: to six in um, passing at it, uh, the college level I mean, uh, with multiple at, toy stars. Looking at how many weapons Texas might have to just real quick. Like I mean, they got Jordan Whittington. They got Xavier Worthy. They might be getting Jordan Addison in the transfer portal. Like, are you kidding me? They got Isaiah Nayor. Like, they might just pass the ball every time and give Bijan the ball as a wildcat quarterback. And then, hell, you can run it. You can pass it. Like, God dang. I mean, just so many weapons in that offense. But Bijan is definitely the the headliner, and especially for this running back class. I mean, some of the the plays that he makes, insane.
1: Yeah. the the You're right about Texas. Like, every time you see a a top transfer portal guy, it feels like they're going to Texas. And if the defense can keep up, if the defense can keep up, that you know, we've got some some returning guys, guys like Demarvin uh, over Sean, guys like uh, Deshaun Jameson. They've got a lot of experience coming back to that defense as well. Texas could be a real threat in college football. But going back to the running back class, yeah, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs at Alabama, Mo Ibrahim at Minnesota, all missed. Got Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley the fourth out of the transfer portal. They're two really impressive running backs that I absolutely love. Devin A. Chain at Texas AM. And um, again, the list goes on and on and on and on, all the way down to guys like Montrell Johnson. We were talking about Florida before we came onto this podcast record. Florida have got a fair old amount of talent in this 2023 NFL draft class that uh, kind of feel like Florida has almost slipped off the radar. Obviously, they had Kyrie Elam as a first round pick, and um, this last class, but they, they've not had a super large amount of um, of, of talent on either sides of the ball in the last couple of draft classes, like not high level, um, aside from Kyrie Elam. So they they could have a few guys in this class. We look across the the whole offensive landscape. Tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame might be a first round pick at tight ends which you know isn't isn't always something that we see um very often Brand Keith it would be wrong with me to go through this podcast without talking about my guy Brand Keith um returning to Utah now he's not going to be a first round guy but it's just an example of of some of the the quality of playmaker that we've got across the offensive um side of the ball
0: Ian, why don't you kick us off with some defensive side because I think we've only got about 10 minutes left yeah, I know. We we talk so much, man. It's it's like we always talk about, yeah, we're going to talk less this time. And it never happens. It's never going to happen. I'm sorry, everyone. But Brant Keith, by the way, like credit to Ali. You were first on that guy. You've been, you know, singing his praises. And he's a very versatile player, very exciting. I'm very excited to see what he does. I think this tight end class as a whole... Could be a very strong one. There's a lot of upside there. But moving to defense, and I guess real quick before we do that, too, the wide receiver group, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of these names in the wide receiver group. Keyshawn boute Ali's got a scouting report on him. We got scouting reports. The preliminary ones are coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. Going to be a fun time. But, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston of TCU is a baller. Addison, we mentioned, Jaden Reed, Michigan State. Uh, you got jordan whittington from texas i mean the list goes on and on Xavier hutchinson chris altman bell josh downs i really love that guy jermaine burton coming in from georgia to alabama uh so there's a lot of players say flowers i gotta mention say flowers i forgot to one time and ollie uh disowned me so but yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot of good players in this wide receiver class and, and again top end talent in depth that's kind of the dichotomy we've been seeing You know, in some classes is that there's a lot of top end talent or there's no depth or with this past class, maybe there's not as much top end talent like a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle level, but there is a ton of depth as well. So. You know, a lot of times you have one or the other. I think this year it's a good opportunity to maybe have both, you know, and that's that's a great thing for sure. So we could go on and on naming wide receivers, and I know we're going to talk about guys that we're looking forward to writing up, but going to defense and also actually, okay, real quick, offensive line too. I mean, very excited about the offensive line group. I, I, there's a few guys that I really like that I've kind of written up. Carter Warren, offensive tackle. Pittsburgh is one that I, I like a lot at the tackle position. Zion Nelson, if he can develop, has the upside to be a very good player. Um, and then other guys too, Blake Freeland, BYU, definitely an athlete who's got the size as well. Uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, and then inside interior offensive line, Cedric Van Pran. Uh, you got Ricky Stromberg coming back, Jarrett Patterson coming back as well. Paris Johnson, who might move, who's going to move to tackle, I think actually for Ohio State. And then I just I just wrote up Osiris Torrance from Florida, who's going to be I think a very good player. So uh, he's got power for days. Uh, he's a huge, huge dude. I think he's six five, three thirty five. So definitely has the the power element to his game but all right finally moving on to defense i know i had to i had to get some last minute notes in on those guys but you know ali looking at the defensive group uh i feel like there's a lot to talk about here and we've only got like 10 more minutes so we gotta we gotta kind of cruise through this here but uh i'm very intrigued by all of these position groups but i think if we're gonna pick one to talk about the most it would have to be the defensive line group i look at linebacker you know and there is a lot of upside here a lot of talent. Uh, Noah Sewell from Oregon, definitely getting a lot of the early hype. I think, you know, especially on early downs, this guy has a, a tremendous skill set. Henry To'oto'o from Alabama, very excited to see if he can take the next step. I really loved what I saw in flashes from him last year, but would have liked to see a little more consistency. And that that kind of went from both Alabama linebackers. But he's explosive, he's physical, uh, and he's shown he can process quickly. So I'm a big fan of what he has to offer. Servassier Denise, uh, Jalen Graham, Purdue, DeMarvian Overshone, like you said, uh, Justin Jacobs, Jack Campbell, uh, a nice duo for Iowa to watch. Uh, you know, you go down the list, Mahmoud Diabate, uh, Florida transfer, going to Utah. I, I love the fit there because Utah, you saw what they did with Devin Lloyd. Diabate has similar athletic traits. I think he could really be a good player for them. You know, just going down the list, Deshaun Pace, Cincinnati, Shaka Hayward, Cle- or, uh, Cincinnati, or Duke, Duke. my bad. Uh, uh, Owen Popo coming back from Auburn, high- highly touted recruit. Um, and then Shane Simon Pittsburgh is another one Michael Barrett Michigan Trenton Simpson Clemson I can't believe I didn't mention him yet Jeremy Banks Tennessee Uh, so there's a lot of very good players in the linebacker class corner class as well you know I think corner a little more uncertain at the top but uh, you got guys like Garrett Williams Antonio Johnson Eli Ricks uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State who's a very good player a little underweight but he's a very good player Clark Phillips the second uh, Joey Porter Josh DeBerry DJ Graham uh KaiTrell Clark, and then they got a uh, Jarvis Brownlee from Florida State going to Louisville, who I'm I'm a huge fan of. You know, again, we could go on and on. DJ Turner, Michigan, the safety class a little more uncertain, but there's talent there. But I think you look at you know if you had to pick two positions to really hone in on, I think the defensive line group, the interior defensive line, and the edge rusher group would be the main uh, components of this defensive class because I look at the early class for this Ali. Uh, interior defensive line, both nose tackle and, you know, outside like three tech, you know, four eye two eye. you know, this is looking like a very, very strong, very versatile interior defensive line class. And then the edge rusher group as well. Very deep. A lot of different player types. That's those are the two that are standing out to me. And I look at Will Anderson. I look at, you know, Miles Murphy, Felix Nudike, Ozama, Uzama, uh, you know, uh, Andre Carter. The list goes on. I could keep saying that over and over, but you understand, like, that's just kind of the common theme here. And then defensive line too: Jalen Carter, Brian Brisey, uh Moro Ajomo from Texas, Kalaja Cansey from Pittsburgh, Aki Ika from Baylor. So much talent. So honing in for the last, uh, like, six or seven minutes that we have, looking at the defensive line group, Ali, you know, what do you think about this group? Because I know, in the 2022 NFL Draft, we were looking at a very good edge rusher class, and everyone knew it. I think it's we could be looking at a group just as strong this year, and then the defensive line class, uh, you know, the interior defensive line class might be even better than it was. So, looking at this group in particular, what do you see?
1: Yeah, I think um, you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of of how these um, how these two positional groups will stack up in terms of the defensive tackle position. I think is is deeper and more talented than last year. You know, you mentioned Jalen Carter, Jivan uh, Jevon Dexter out of Florida. I know you touched on Kalijah Kansi, um Baylor obviously have got Saika Saiki Ika, but they've also got Jackson Player as well, transferring from Tulsa, who I really like. Um and there is a there's a whole host of names at defensive tackle that you look at and go, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, I like that. Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Um you your guy, Mozzie Smith, Mazzy Smith out of Michigan. Um, they're just a whole host of interior defensive linemen. Chidozi Nwonko out of Houston is a guy I really like. I think Houston are gonna have a, a, another great defensive front. We you know we've just seen them have Logan Hall go to the NFL at um, the top of the second round. Yeah,
0: Houston um, has um D Jones and Atlius Bell too. So they have a lot of beasts on that line.
1: Yeah, and the um oh, there's another guy as well whose name Derek Parrish. Um so there's, there's a there's a whole host of, of guys on that Houston defensive front who are gonna be absolute game makers game changers. Um so yeah, the, the defensive tackle class I think is is a lot better. Um at first look, you know, we never know until later later in the year, but at first look I think the defensive tackle class looks a lot better. And then at edge, it's obviously led by Will Anderson. Um but there there's a whole host of, of intriguing guys, guys who went back to school and guys who are first-year eligible this year. You know, looking at guys like Nolan Smith out of Georgia, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame, who was an absolutely beast at times last year for Notre Dame and almost unblockable. I think he potentially emerges as a guy, um, uh, I don't say this lightly because the the class is so talented on the edge position, but I think Isaiah Foskey emerges as a guy who can can be that next guy after Will Anderson potentially. Um Looking at guys like Kyrie Coleman out of TCU. Um, I've shown Mathis, who just recently transferred to Nebraska, and we'll see what that move brings for him. You mentioned Andre Carter, who is a guy that I absolutely love tall, long. I think he's fast, powerful, strong. He's he's a guy that I look at as being, I think, potentially one of the best Service Academy prospects that we've seen for a long, long time. and, you know, we, we know the issues that the Service Academy and prospects have in securing their uh, transition to the NFL. But I think Andre Carter is a, is a guy who really has what it takes to to be that good at the next level. And, you know, guys like who went back to school in this class, guys like Will McDonald, who's been incredibly productive in his college career, Brenton Cox. We talked about Florida. I think him returning to put himself in this class another year of, of college football um, development, another year of college football production. I think we'll do wonders to so Brenton Cox's draft stop. Um, Habakkuk Baldonado at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is absolutely teaming from front to back with defensive talent. They've got plenty of offensive talent as well. You talked about Carter Warren. Although um, they lost Jordan Addison. Canate um, Mumfield, the transfer from Akron is an uh, incredibly talented wide receiver, but from defence, front to back, you know, we talked about Kalija County, Habakkuk, Baldonado, Savocia, Dennis, you mentioned there. The the secondary is packed as well with talent. Absolute playmakers in the secondary as well. I think uh, Pittsburgh is a team that you, people need to keep an eye on this year in the, uh, in the ACC, is um, you know, potentially getting back to that ACC championship game.
0: Yeah, they're very talented. I think, you know, you wonder what happens in offense, but defensively, there aren't any questions there. Pittsburgh is loaded, uh, a lot of talent, and we've seen that scheme can develop talent on the defensive side of the ball, you know, at all three levels. So I'm very excited. This, you know, this happens for every position for me, but at Edge in particular, this is a position that I look at where I am just writing down new names every day, it seems like, names to watch. Uh, to keep an eye on uh, some other guys that i like as well jafari harvey uh, from miami uh you would look at going down the list here you got um derrick mcclendon florida state he's shown flashes dj johnson oregon uh you got tyree wilson texas tech uh tavius robinson old miss isaiah mcguire missouri Darrell nachami maryland rondell bothroid wake forest so you know a lot of players to watch and i think that this edge class could go on to be a a very strong one, just like the last one. But if we know there's talent at the top, I think BJ Oju-Lari is another one that we didn't mention. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of talent. Very excited to see where it goes. Zion Tapula Fatui from Washington as well. I mean, we could go for hours. (laughs) We'll just say that. We'll just leave it at that. But Ali, we're almost wrapped up here. So... Uh, to close it out, any players that you are, I know we both watch, like we get to sign scouting reports and we go very in depth on those guys, but we watch, we try to watch as many as we can, even outside of our assignments. But, you know, are there players in particular that you are very much looking forward to watching, uh, to kind of diving deep and, and seeing what they have to offer?
1: Oh, man, there's, there's so many. There's an absolute ton Isaiah Davis running back out of South Dakota State. I cannot wait to get into him. Um, just uh, he, we talked about Pierre Strong earlier. Isaiah Davis is a better running back than Pierre Strong. I think you're looking at a kid who can go um, in in the day two range. Can't wait to watch him. Um, some of the uh, some of the tight ends. Uh, I mentioned Brent Keith. Obviously, he's my guy. Will Mallory out of Miami? Miami seems to have a a habit of producing. Um, a tight end talent. You look back at Brevin Jordan a couple of cycles ago. Um, on the defensive side, I I, I watched um I watched Keishon Boutte for the first in depth scouting report yesterday, and a guy that continually flashed watching Keion Boutte was Emmanuel Forbes. I know you mentioned him when we talked about the cornerbacks. He was super impressive, man. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to to getting into seeing his tape even more in depth. Um. Than, uh,
0: than the flashes that he showed against Keishon
1: Boutte and, and LSU in the, the tape I've watched this this last week.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in me personally, I start with the top guys too. Like I think Emmanuel Forbes for me is, is very impressive. I'm excited to get him. But like I know we've only done a few scouting reports so far, so we're going to keep, you know, kind of churning through the top guys in the class, just kind of start that and then work our way down. But I look at guys like Miles Murphy, Clemson, very excited to, to scout him because I know he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's got the power for sure. So, you know, I'm looking at him as maybe a guy, Will Anderson graded out extremely well for me. And uh, he's got a report coming up soon, but maybe Miles Murphy is a guy that really challenges for that spot. I mean, I, I really love the talent with him. Uh, You look at other players on the list, like, you know, the corners, Eli Ricks. I'm really excited to kind of look at what he has to offer. Uh, Corner play in particular is an area that I kind of I think I learned a lot. This past cycle, just in how they win, it's not just about you know matching your guy. There's a lot of little details that go into it. So if you have the athleticism on top of that, it can really help you out a lot. So you know, big fan of those guys. Uh, the running backs, the wide receivers as well. You know, a lot of these positions where you look at guys like Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Bijan John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, we know they're good, okay. But when you really dive into the tape and quantify it and write down notes sometimes it strikes just like how good they are at certain things. And it's so fun to go through that process and really it all becomes clear for you. Um, and I love that. I love that part of it. And then obviously the quarterbacks too, you know, I think we're both very excited to kind of dive in and see what those guys have to offer because I liked Kenny Pickett a lot this last cycle, but you know, I will concede, you know, it looks like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, both going to be head and shoulders above uh, what, the, what the what the top of last year's class had to offer. So overall, you know, a lot of ground to cover. We're getting started on it here. Uh, still a long way to go, but we're enjoying doing it. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, as always, to the PFM Premier NFL Draft Podcast. We'll be coming back. We'll be, you know, kind of continuing this twice a week, just kind of talking about 2023 evaluation now. We have officially turned the page, and we are moving on uh, to that. You know, maybe as the season gets near some previews on rookie performances, maybe our rookie beer choices, you know, maybe we'll circle back to 2022. But for the most part, we are now moving on into 2023 NFL draft mode, and there's still a lot to, to talk about. So until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, have a good one. Peace out.